Oh, I tell you, I'm glad that I know the Lord. Amen. In the free pardon of sin. Let's all stand this morning and turn with us, if you would, to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number one this morning. And uh, I want to thank the Lord for what He's done already in the service. I came normally, I come on Sunday mornings with the intent to preach the gospel. That's just always... uh, uh, what's on my heart but this morning there's something different on my heart and so God knows about that and I trust you'll uh, pray for us this morning give us some good amens isn't that right and uh, we got to keep it alive in the house of God and so Jeremiah chapter number one and verse number 17 if you'll look with us there this morning Jeremiah chapter one and verse number 17 the Bible says thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise speak unto them all that I command thee Do not be dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, and an iron pillar, and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Lord, I want to thank you this morning for the presence of God in this place. I want to thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts through song. And I pray now, God, that you'll touch these lips of clay and help us this morning to glorify you. God, I pray that we would not focus on ourselves or focus on each other. But, Lord, I pray that we'd lift our eyes into the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. God, we need you this morning, and we pray that you'll be glorified. We pray that your Son will be magnified and the church will be edified this morning. Bless the invitation, and God, I pray that we'll see no man save Jesus only. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention this morning to verse number 18. And I want you to notice that in this verse, God is speaking to Jeremiah. And he tells Jeremiah as he calls him out, we know Jeremiah to be the weeping prophet. But in this verse here, as God speaks to him, there's three things that he wants Jeremiah to know. First of all, he wants Jeremiah to know that God has developed him. As he says, for behold, I have made thee. And I thought about this morning that whenever God calls a preacher to preach, that it is God that develops that preacher. When he starts out preaching, you know how it is that many of us have witnessed men of God as they announce their call to preach. And they started preaching as we look looked at them, we thought, will he ever be a preacher? Will he ever be that man that uh, God wants him to be? But God tells Jeremiah, I have made thee. And if God calls a man, it's God that does the developing in that man's life. And so uh, God says that he had developed him. And then uh, God says that he had divinely appointed him. Notice what he said in verse number 18, for I have made thee this day a defense city. And notice that he says here that Jeremiah I have made you this day. At the time that God speaks to Jeremiah, it is a time that God is calling him out for a certain time, for a certain people, and for a certain place. Now, uh, God uh, had formed Jeremiah in the belly, and God had uh, called him, no doubt, but there was an appointment. There was a divine appointment uh, for a special purpose in in God's plan, in God's work. And that's the way it is with men of God. Uh, Whenever God looks at them, he knew that I would be a preacher uh, before 
before I even got saved. Amen. And he knew that I was a preacher the day that he called me to preach. And so it is with you other men of God. But God does not call us to preach and then start us that day on the journey that he has begun or the work that he is going to give us. There's the development process and I know that we are constantly being developed but there comes a time in our life when we have served God uh, that God brings us to the forefront for that divine appointment that he has chosen uh, to use us and that is the case uh, in Jeremiah's life here. Uh, God says to him that he has developed him that he has divinely appointed him but then notice in verse number 18 God had described him. He calls Jeremiah three things in verse number 18. He calls him a defense city, an iron pillar, and brazen walls against the whole land. And I want to just simply take one of those out this morning. Jeremiah is described in verse 18 as a defense city, as an iron pillar, and as brazen walls. I want to lift out that middle one this morning where God calls him an iron pillar. Amen. And I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject on God's iron man. God's iron man. Now when you think about the prophet Jeremiah, he is known as the weeping prophet. Isn't that right? Uh, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. But in chapter 1 and verse number 18, he is also described as an iron pillar. And I thought about Brother Laddie, a, a weeping prophet speaks of compassion. Amen. And a, an iron pillar. You know what an iron pillar speaks of? It speaks of something that uh, that is sturdy and something that is strong and something that cannot be moved. Amen. Uh, something that is able to hold up. Uh, something, my friend, that cannot be taken down. Uh, it speaks of a firm stand. Isn't that right? I want to say this morning, Jeremiah is a perfect picture of a man uh, that is called of God, that is old-fashioned, but he has compassion. Amen. Jeremiah had a tear in his eye, but he had a backbone uh, that was an iron pillar. Amen. He took a firm stand. Uh, uh, Jeremiah lived and preached uh, uh, during the reign uh, of five different kings and he preached against nine different nations uh, and called out their wickedness uh, and he preached both to the Jews uh, and to the Gentiles. Uh, I would say, Brother Ellis, this morning that that is someone uh, uh, that could be called an iron pillar for God. Uh, uh, Jeremiah could not be moved. Uh, he was not about to back down. And can I tell you, we're living in a day when we need some men of God uh, that will take a firm stand, uh, that will still have a tear in their eye, but will not be moved uh, in the day that we're living in. And that is Jeremiah, friend. Uh, Jeremiah was living in a time uh, when the nation was filled with corruption. They was filled with contention and compromise. Uh, and a lot like America today, uh, today uh, listen, Jeremiah was called upon to stand uh, in the gap and to make up the hedge. Uh, and he preached judgment. Amen. And you know what preaching judgment does? Uh, uh, preaching judgment brings repentance. Amen. And you know what repentance does? Uh, repentance brings revival. Amen. And it brings a, a cleansing and Jeremiah was that man it brings a renewal it bring renew, a renewal brings rejoicing amen and so Jeremiah was a he was an iron pillar or he was God's iron man now that's what we need this morning if we're going to maintain a spiritual church and keep a spiritual atmosphere, if we're going to reach souls in these last days, we need some iron pillars, not just in a pulpit, but we need some in the pew. Somebody say amen. We're living in a day of compromise. 
We're living in a time uh, when the message though, has been watered down. And, and listen, so many people are living on easy street. Jeremiah was not called uh, to a field of roses. Uh, he was not called to a field that would flourish. Uh, but he was called to do the will of God. And can I tell you something this morning? The will of God is not always about being popular. And it's not always about prosperity. It's about obeying and pleasing the one that has called you to do what he has called you to do. And so Jeremiah has been called upon God. And I see in verse number four and five, I see a call. As the Bible says, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, behold, I formed thee in the, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. I see here a call upon his life. And I believe every man of God ought to have a divine call upon his life. I believe every man of God needs to be called of the Lord. And no doubt we've got men filling the pulpits today. Uh, Listen, they may have a good education. They may have a great personality. uh, They may be a good storyteller. uh, But have they been called of God? Because, friend, that is what makes all the difference in this day and time. I know preachers, and you do too, that have been called of God, that have great education. You know I'm not against that. But I also know country preachers that have no formal education they have no degrees. They have no uh, uh, no accolades. Uh, uh, but they've got a call of God and a touch of God upon their life. I think about men like Mays Jackson. And I think about men uh, uh, like Harold Seitler and Lee Robertson. And men of God like Oliver B. Green. Uh, these men of old uh, uh, that have blazed a trail and preached the gospel. You know what they were? They were iron pillars. Amen. Uh, they were generals of, the, of our ages and of our day and time. Uh, and they stood tall for God. They wasn't about prestige. They wasn't about popularity. But you knew when they stood in that pulpit that they were God's men, that they had an anointing upon their life, that they had the Word of God not just in their hand, but it was in their heart. And they was called of God. And they was somebody else that was helping them do the preaching. Amen. And so I see a call. Secondly, I see here in verse number six and seven, I see a commission. As the Bible said, then said I all, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Amen. You know what the commission is in verse number 17? Is listen, the commission is, uh, don't discredit what God can do in your life. God said, I'm going to send you. And when I send you, I want you to preach everything that I put in your heart and in your mouth to preach. Amen. And can I tell you preachers this morning, that is still the commission. We are to preach the whole counsel of the word of God. Amen. You know, this morning, the Bible is not a salad bar Christianity. Preaching in this pulpit is not a buffet style preaching. A man of God cannot take the, and thank God for the familiar texts and thank God for those texts that are favored and that we all love and that we all like. But when a man of God comes to the pulpit, there must be one thing on his heart and that is to preach the preaching that God bids him to preach. Amen. Sometimes we don't always enjoy it. Sometimes we don't even understand it. Sometimes. But if it's what God orders for that Sunday or what God orders for that service, we have been commissioned to preach what God tells us to preach. Now sometimes that's not hard, that's not easy to do. 
Sometimes you know, sometimes as a pastor, you know that what God's told you to preach is going to upset somebody. You already know because you know it won't take much to make them mad. Amen. And you know what you're going to preach is going to make them mad. You don't want to make them mad. Somebody say it, man. It's not our intention to make enemies, isn't that right? But I want to say along with the Apostle Paul, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth, amen? And as far as I know, there's no problems this morning in our church that I know of, and I thank God for that. But I don't want to wait till problems come to start trying to deal with them. I'd a whole lot rather just knock everything down while there's nothing going on, amen? And just get to it before the devil does. The only way I know to do that is to preach all of this book. Amen. Uh, you can't bypass certain subjects. Uh, you can't bypass certain standards. Uh, you can't bypass the gospel. I'm telling you, friend, the commission that is laid out in verse number 7 is whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Amen. And so there's a call and there's a commission. But then I see that there's a consolation. Look what he tells Jeremiah in verses 8 through 10. He said, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I put my words in thy mouth. Amen. He said, See, I, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down... And and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. You know what God is doing in these three verses here? He is giving Jeremiah a consolation. He's telling him, listen, he said, Jeremiah, don't you be afraid of their faces, for I have delivered thee. I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. I will tell you, thank God for men of God that will preach not for the fear and the favor of man, not for fortune and not for gain, but will preach what God lays upon their heart. There is a sweet consolation in pillowing your head at night and knowing that you fully obeyed God in preaching that book. Amen. Sometimes preaching you know that you didn't always please them. But if you can lay your head down and know that you pleased Him that's what makes the difference. It's not about pleasing them. It's about pleasing Him. Is that right? And I don't mean that as an indictment against the church, but wouldn't you agree with me that too many of our churches are in trouble because men are more concerned about who is sitting in the pew than what they are about answering to God. And the consolation is, it doesn't matter who gets upset if you can pillow your head and know that you did the will of God somehow, somewhere, some way. Everything's going to be okay and God's going to take care of everything. Isn't that right? I remember preaching one Sunday morning several years ago in this church. And I remember I had a church member upset and mad. And I already knew what I was going to preach was going to make them mad. And I didn't want to. In fact, I wanted to get out of it. But I remember all week God said, that's what you're going to preach. And I said, well, Lord, I really want to help this person. And they're struggling. And God, even though I'm not preaching directly to them, I'm just not preaching around them. I know they're going to get upset. They're not going to receive it. And God said, you just preach it, whether they receive it or don't receive it. This is what I want you to preach. 
Do you know on that Sunday morning, I started preaching and I remembered distinctively God just helped me. And that person that had been so stone-faced for so many weeks that would not repent and would not get right, I watched God take that word like a hammer and I watched him break up the fallow ground in their soul. I watched him break their heart and they began to weep and they came to the altar and they got right with God. Amen. Now whether they got right or whether they got wrong, I was obligated to preach that book. And it's not always happened that way but it gave me a great consolation in knowing that God knows what we do not know we're just supposed to be an iron pillar we're supposed to take a stand and preach the word of God and so there's a consolation notice what he tells him his ministry is to do he says in verse number 10 it's to root out it's to pull down it's to destroy it's to throw down it's to build and it's to plant that word root out is to divide to pull down means to detach to destroy means to dispose to throw down means to deny to build means to develop and to plant means to disperse amen what he's saying to Jeremiah is like listen you've got to clean some things out before you can ever build build some things up. And if we're going to build a church for God, sometimes uh, there has to be a purging. There has to be a cleansing process. Uh, I'm telling you, as much as God will add to a church, uh, sometimes He will subtract from a church. Uh, and if you're a member of a good church, uh, don't let God subtract you from that church. Uh, let God add you to that church. Amen. You see, there's people. I've watched this down through the years. There's people that have come to this church that I've watched them come, I've seen this pattern down through the years. I've watched people come to this church for maybe four years, five years, seven years, as much as 10 years, even 15 years. And I've watched them come in and I've watched God save them or God, and you've seen the same thing, God has saved them. He's changed their lives. He's cleaned their lives up. He's given them families. He's blessed them. He's been good to them. We've seen them come from other churches and, and come here with all kinds of problems and, and it's not anything I've done, but it's a good spiritual atmosphere, the preaching of the Word of God, not just my preaching, but listen, other men of God that have come in and preached, but a steady diet of the Word of God, good Sunday school teaching and those things. I've watched God develop them and bless their life. And then I've seen this happen. I've seen something get in their heart. I've seen them draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going any further. I've seen them sometimes get something in their heart against the church. Sometimes something in their heart against the preacher. You say, Brother Gravely, is there a problem this morning? Not that I know of. But I wouldn't be surprised that God isn't using this message because something could be brewing in somebody's heart. And I've watched them get things in their heart and refuse to repent. I've seen them come as close, Brother David, as to say, well, if I've ever done anything to hurt you or hurt the church. That's not a confession. If the word if is in there, it's not a true repentance or confession. It has to be I have done wrong. I have offended the church. I, pre preacher, I have got upset. I have been. That's real repentance for him. Or maybe it's another person that I've seen that that person didn't even know that person was upset with, with them. But they got so bitter over something. And I've watched God do this. I've watched God consistently reach out to them, reach out to them, reach out to them. And they refused and refused. And one day, Brother David, before they ever left, the Holy Ghost said, they're leaving 
Let them go. Isn't that sad this morning? I say that this morning because you need to search your heart. I need to search my heart. Don't let that be you this morning. There's a little something stirring in your heart. Get on this altar today and get right with God. There's something to be said about people sitting in this church that have been here for uh, 50 plus years. There's something to be said about people that have longevity in church membership. And I know God brings people and, and moves people. I'm not saying that. But there's something to be said about people that stay in one place for a certain period of time. And I'm saying that to you this morning because if you're not careful, the devil can get you sideways in a good church. Amen. And here's what he's saying to Jeremiah. You need to stay. There's a consolation in just being faithful and doing what God has called you to do. I see here not only a consolation, but there's a calculation in our text this morning. God goes ahead and tells Jeremiah what's going to happen. Don't you love the fact that God can see ahead? Don't you love the fact that God sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes God will even tell you what's going to happen. Isn't that a blessing? Now I can tell you why he does that. Because in our text, the reason he did that was he didn't want Jeremiah to be surprised at the results. He wanted Jeremiah, sometimes we need to know some things ahead of time, don't we? And he tells him, he said, I've already calculated. He calculated their faces in verse number 17. He said, Thou therefore gird up thy loins, arise, speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. He said, Jeremiah, he said, I've done calculated their faces and when you preach, they're not going to look at you and smile. They're not going to give you a head nod. They're not going to give you a hand wave. They're not going to say amen to what you're preaching. Nobody's going to run the aisles. Nobody's going to shout. Nobody's going to give you a crispy handshake at the back door and say, well done, pastor, well done, preacher. But Jeremiah, I've already calculated how they're going to look at you. You just be an iron pillar. You just preach that book. You just please me. Don't worry about their faces. You know, faces can deceive you. Because we think if we see an ugly face, they don't like what we're hearing or what we're saying. They may even be in pain. Isn't that right? They may be, listen, they may have gotten a fight with their spouse and they may be mad. It just may not be you. Isn't that right? And then there's on that other side, they may be looking at you grinning like a possum and all the while they want to put a knife in you. Somebody say amen this morning. I've seen people preaching to them and they'll sit there and smile and nod their head. And I and can I just say this, Brother Danny, I, I want to get a songbook and just throw it at them and say, hey, you, don't nod your head. Amen. You're guilty of what I'm preaching on. Why are you nodding your head? Now, I know you're more spiritual than I am, but hey, if you had to stand up here and see it week in and week out, I mean, sometimes you'll be just plowing up somebody's road. You're not trying to, but God said to preach it, and so you're preaching, and they're sitting there the whole time while they're neck deep in what you're saying and just smiling and shaking their head. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking. (laughs) Don't calculate their, he said, I didn't calculate their faces. He said, I've calculated their fight. Notice what he said in verse number 19. And they shall fight against thee. Now, I want to tell you, in doing the work of God, there's resistance this morning. I don't care if you're a missionary, an evangelist, a pastor, or a church member. If you're a parent this morning, raising children, there is going to be resistance. Resistance. 
We're not to invite it. We're not to provoke it. But when it comes, you know what we're supposed to be? An iron pillar and not be moved. I had a man tell me one time, not too long ago, he, we were talking about pastoring and he had a different theology about pastoring. He told me, he said, I, I took this church, I gathered everybody together and he said, I asked them, what kind of a church do you want to have in this church? Now that's the most dangerous question I could ever imagine. They gathered the list, he took the list, and that's what he developed the church into being. Friend, that's not leadership. Amen. Leadership doesn't ask questions. Leadership gives a direction, a path that we can follow and go in. I'm not talking about dictatorship. I'm not talking about going to an island and drinking Kool-Aid. Somebody say amen. But what I am talking about, Moses led the children of Israel out. Moses didn't ask them what they thought they should do. Moses got along with God and found out what God said they were supposed to do. And Moses went back and told the people. And you know what? Some of them murmured and some of them complained. But guess what? Moses just went on anyway. Amen. He was an iron pillar for God. In serving God, there's going to be murmurs. There's going to be complainers. But I'll tell you what you do. You just go on and you serve God. Amen. You don't calculate the fight. We're going to have resistance as a church. You know the devil hates this church. Amen. He hates every ministry of this church. If you've got a nursing home ministry and you go today and listen, you have the worst nursing home service you've ever had, you know what you do? You go back the next time and you go back the next time. You don't quit because there's resistance. You don't quit because you have a tough time. Too many people today say, well, preacher, I'm just going through a hard time. Hey, friend, be an iron pillar. Amen. Just stand where you once stood when you first started standing and don't back up and don't change and go on for the glory and the honor of God. Now there's two things by the grace of God I never want to do. I plan on never leaving this church and I plan on never compromising. I don't know the future, but by the grace of God, I want to at least stay here till I've buried every one of you. Amen. Amen. I've asked the Lord to help me do that. I want to preach all of y'all's funerals. Even those of you that don't like me, I want to preach your funeral one day. And I'm going to stand up there and I'm going to tell them what a wonderful person you was and what a great church member you was. Isn't it, amen? Do you know I remember going by the bedside and sitting by the bedside of a dear saint of God who loved me. This saint of God loved me, was good to me. But his family didn't love me. Some very close members of his family didn't love me. And they went so far as to let me know they didn't love me. And uh, I remember as he was getting ready to pass, I said, Lord, I'm not going down there. It's like walking in front of a firing squad. They don't want me there, and he won't even know if I am there. So I'm just not going to go down there. And the Lord said, no, you're going to go. I said, Lord, it's going to be awfully tight. Amen. It's going to be tighter than the bark on a tree, and that's pretty tight, isn't it? Lord said, I want you to go. So for 48 hours, I sat by the bedside. Nobody hardly said a word, but I was there. Sometimes you just got to be an iron pillar. I don't say that to lift my flesh up this morning. 
I say that to tell you that you have to do sometimes what your flesh does not want to do. But it's still the right thing to do that. Is that right this morning? He said, don't calculate, calculate their faces. Don't calculate. He said, I've calculated the, their faces, the fight. But then he said, I've also calculated their failure. And I take no joy in this this morning. But let me close with verse number 19. He said, I've calculated their, fa- their failure. He said, they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. I'm going to tell you something this morning. There's no greater joy than being able to serve God and know that you have the Lord's favor. I don't deserve it this morning. And I'm not worthy of it. And God knows I don't do right every day. I fail the Lord every day. But I don't know how many times I've got on my knees and I've said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for delivering. I don't know how many times the devil's had this church and even this pulpit in his crosshairs. And it looked like, amen, that just at any moment he was going to fire that shot. But thank God somewhere, somebody went to their knees. Somebody fell on their face. There's times, thank God, I I felt his presence and I I felt the prayers of the saints of God. I felt his grace and I felt his strength. And you just knew that you wasn't running in your strength. You wasn't running in your power. But somebody had stood away somewhere. Somebody had prayed for you. Some iron pillar had got a hold of the horns of the altar and had prayed heaven down. And you knew that God had gave you that sweet consolation, that sweet assurance that somewhere somehow he was going to take care of it. Oh I say bless his name. I say glory to God. Just stand and God will be faithful to you. I thought about something this morning as I sit there during Sunday school. I thought about all around this building this morning. There's iron pillars. In every one of these Columns. There's an iron pillar. I remember when they was building this church. I walked through here and I, when no sheetrock was up and the ceiling what tiles wasn't in and it was just a metal structure. And I thought about this is a poor illustration, but if I had a baseball bat, it'd be a lot better. But I thought about this morning. You know, you could take an object and you could walk over to this pillar, and if you beat long enough. And if you beat hard enough, you know what you'd do? You'd tear through that sheetrock, wouldn't you? As pretty as that is, let me tell you what, that don't, there's nothing durable about that sheetrock. And behind that sheetrock, there's some studs. And if you beat long enough and if you beat hard enough, guess what? You would knock those metal studs loose. You would bend them. They would fall apart. But underneath all that beauty, you know what there is? There's something that we never see. There's something we never think about. There's an iron pillar. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. You take the strongest man in this building and you could give him a baseball bat and he could beat till the cows come home. Do you know what that pillar is going to do? It's just going to stand there. It's just going to take the beating. It's not going to retaliate. That pillar's not going to say anything. It's not going to speak back but it's going to take the beating. And when that man's wore out and when that bat has been destroyed, guess what? The pillar's still standing there. 
And can I tell you this morning, that's what I want to be for God. I don't want to retaliate. I don't want to speak back. I don't want to listen, have any accolades. I, I need no titles this morning. I need no trophies. I don't need anything fancy. I don't need anything beautiful. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to be like those pillars. I just want to stand. I want to stand firm for God, don't you? I don't want to change. I don't want to back up. I don't want to give in. And I promise you, if you won't give in, you won't give out for God. You'll go on for His honor and His glory while we stand this morning. As we prepare a song of invitation, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder how many people in this building would like to get in this altar and say, God, I want to be an iron pillar. I just want to be firm. I don't want to compromise. I don't want to get sideways. I, I don't want to... Maybe it's with your children this morning. Maybe there's been a temptation to just yield. Be an iron pillar. You say, preacher, can I do that and still show compassion? Jeremiah did. You can weep and be firm at the same time. I'm going to tell you what this country needs, what our churches need, and what our children need. They need some firm leadership. They need some folks that will just simply stand where they've always stood. While Brother David sings this this morning, you obey God. If you need to come, you mind the Holy Spirit.